A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast on this very special of days, a double podcast day. Yes, this is the first of two this morning. As we come to you, myself and David, we will be talking all things WTA finals and leaving Cancun behind us. And then later on today, we will all convene with Matt Roberts in Seville to discuss day one of the Billie Jean King Cup finals if david law has his way every day would be a double podcast day that's not actually completely inaccurate (laughs) there are still days you remember about four years ago when i said oh imagine if we did a podcast every single day um that that Mm, occasionally goes through my mind and then i think i've just had a really good holiday (laughs) so who's going to do all these everyday (laughs) podcasts and also you know, the more I've thought about it, much as we all get on and seem to always have something to say, I think we would probably have to mix it up because even we would get bored of each other's takes if they were every day. Some sense of, um, you know, breaks and, and so forth. Absence mm. is important in life, isn't it? We, we would definitely end up doing the Tennis's Worst Shadows podcast, <laughs> which, quite frankly, I'm actually always pushing for in our editorial meetings when are we doing the shadows pod guys <laughs> and david's like doesn't doesn't work on radio catherine <laughs> but i am a radio guy so you know my yeah. descriptive do i dare i say powers uh, my descriptive powers are mm. are something that could come to the fore so let's do it <laughs> Well, look, it might be coming your way sometime soon. This podcast is to focus on the final stages of the WTA finals in Cancun, uh, the finals of which were obviously delayed and held over until the Monday when they should have been played on the Sunday. That was due to, well, actually, the Sunday weather was was pretty good. It was uh, torrential rain on the Saturday, which wreaked all the havoc. Um we got lots to talk about here. Perhaps, <laughs> who knows if if the podcast will end up being longer than the singles final itself. 59 minutes for Iga Svantec over Jessica Pagula. 6-1, 6 love. One of those performances, frankly, one of those weeks from Iga Svantec where you look back and go, oh, nobody had a chance. 
She rocked up there to win it. She wore a red dress in the photo and everyone else was wearing white. She knew exactly how that week was turning out. That's why she was unbothered by the fact that she didn't get the dress code memo because she knew she was going to end the week holding the trophy and nobody else stood a chance because I I do think that is the case when she is playing like she was in Cancun, David. Yeah, I I, I keep thinking about this. I was thinking about it a lot this morning. Um, right from the the moment that we were uploading last night's podcast, previewing the Billie Jean King Cup finals and reviewing Paris and desperately trying... When you becoming extremely anxious that all of your takes would have gone out of date before we'd even got the podcast up. Yes, depending on the platform you listen on, <laughs> um, some of you might have been able to start listening to it before Igor Sviantek defeated Jessica Begula and others not. <laughs> so it was not entirely successful. Um, but and I, and I was, I was trying to beat Sviantek to the finish line there, but or the starting line in our case. Um, and I don't think I've ever had takes go as dramatically and drastically badly um as quickly as that <laughs> because i said i was pumped for that match and and i was because looking at the the routes to the final all of the the wins that pagula had had all very straightforward kind of shviantek like wins and and i just thought well she's beaten her before they're going to go toe to toe and it's going to be great and i'm afraid it wasn't because the worst two scenarios happened in from a from a match and a kind of classic clash point of view you just had one player playing at the peak of her powers and the other one really not having a good day i mean you don't know where one starts and the other one takes over and how they interact with each other and 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 i think shantek's brilliance caused some of the poor play of pagula but i don't think it was in in isolation like that i think it was Pagula really didn't have a good day as well and and I didn't expect that at all um and yet I I wake up this morning and I think well when will you ever learn David that this mm. that you, you you hype machine maniac you because Igor Sviantek in finals does this a lot a lot I mean if Matt were here he'd have the stats to hand and I don't have them to hand but she she dominates finals and she becomes very often a different player in finals and we've seen it so many times and I really feel stupid not to have seen that coming again because the form she's been in and the the look in her eye the freshness about her and yes pr- probably the red dress I don't know you know it seemed like this this error <laughs> at the time but actually maybe it's just this sort of confidence she she had to be an individual out there. Well, I mean, in all seriousness, if you've if you've showed up to that that photo shoot in a in a red dress and you look around, and all of your peers and rivals are wearing white, and you realise it's only you, if you're feeling down on confidence and a bit sheepish about the week, you you might be more inclined to go. Do you know, what? actually, I'll I'll go and I'll go and change. I don't I don't want to stand out necessarily in this photo. Could mean absolutely nothing, but you know, feeling like you're ready to remind everybody both in spirit and in numerically in terms of the rankings that you're the best player in the world 
probably makes you that much more inclined to to be bullish at that, about that situation and go, whatever, I'll wear what I like. I'm going to be the world number one at the end of this week. I should stand out, you know, and 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 exactly the same. When you said, when will I ever learn, David, I wondered which way you were, were going to go with that because the same, same is true of Jessica Pagula, isn't it? She looks brilliant until she doesn't. Right, we we have all been burned by Jessica Pagula in, in well, I mean, most notably in, in Grand Slams where she looks sublime for four rounds, and then can throw in some some subpar performances by her own standards in in quarterfinals. I do. I'm very curious whether she can break that barrier because we see tennis from her that is good enough to break that barrier, but we've got enough data now to know that that barrier exists for a reason. Um, I do find it, I find next year for her very interesting because it does sound like, and and Matt was talking about this on the pod we talked about on Saturday, it does sound like they're going to continue to go hell for leather, she and Coco Goff with the doubles until the Olympics. And then it sounds like they might not drop it altogether, but there will be a significant change in strategy on the doubles front from from them both. And that's going to be a big lifestyle change for Jessica Pagula and a big mental change. If she does, you know, shift then to everything being on the singles, I'm, I'm pretty fascinated by, by how that pans out and what impact it has on her and her results. Yeah, well, one thing you both concluded I feel on Saturday is that at some point you probably have to do that just to find out even if you love doubles as much as she does and enjoy playing them side by side and it being good for the 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 sport of doubles particularly but of the sport generally that a top player two top players like that want to play doubles week in week out it's it's great it does bring interest it does make me turn it on maybe when I wouldn't for a doubles match because I know who they are and it brings people out and so forth but you can't think as a singles player that you wouldn't want to at least find out especially when you are falling short in these matches as often as she is there's got to be a curiosity there, and uh, so, yeah, I, 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 I will be interested, and somewhat sad in a way when they do stop playing doubles together. Um, but, but I completely understand it, and I think it's probably the right call. I, I, I did question really, and in the end, whether it will make the difference or not. I, I just don't get why she ends up getting flat in some of these matches or starting to spray the ball. Mm. Uh, It's, it's so surprising when somebody's as good as she is and, and seemingly as unflappable as she is mentally in so many ways. I don't, and I, and I think ultimately I, I have to also look at the opponent who's, who just discomforts us so much and, and has an answer for every shot. Even, even when she's in good rallies, even when she's hitting the ball well, Suddenly, Sviantec is just destroying her. And I think, what a player. I mean, I, I, I often think of Sviantec and Alcraz in the same breath in terms of their top levels, what their top levels do to, to opposition, the the wow factor of it all. And and I do feel, I mean, 
you know, I won't go 12 grand slams in a row for Iga Swiatek because I think she has a massive issue on grass at the moment. It feels like she just isn't there yet on that. But I could see her winning, having a year or two where she wins a lot of grand slams if she can find this level. And and if she removes that look of stress about her, which she, she didn't look like she had any stress all week. I wasn't on that brink mm. that I often talk about with her where I worry about is is she too tensed up that wasn't there all week at all to me, to my mind and so who knows maybe if she can go into the the new year without that with, with that perfect balance i mean good luck everybody yeah same i, I was really struck by that watching the final yesterday i realized wow i felt really different watching Iga Shiontek this week i had started to feel really quite edgy watching her i'd, I'd found it quite tough actually I, I felt like I was watching a young woman just sort of a machine really I, I was thinking are you are you enjoying this are you happy and I know that's far too existential a question f- f- to be thinking about when you're watching a tennis player that you don't know but it all just felt so fraught um, and it didn't feel that that way at all with Iga Shontek this week. I really do think losing that number one, being a chaser for a bit, um, just a change of psychological dynamic for her has been revitalizing. I really do. And by contrast with Pagula, I think it was the flatness yesterday. It, it, the, the flatness is what was striking. And when she comes out flat, it's almost as if that, even even keel that incredibly mature psyche she seems to have that most of the time is um a a weapon a, a benefit that she has that lots of others don't it's almost as if that can come back to bite her because she's unable to to be her own hype man or woman she, she can't find it within herself if she comes out flat she tends to stay flat and part of that is women only getting to play best of three. You know, time can get away from you. The match can get away from you very quickly. That sense of panic can set in. Um, but it's also perhaps something she needs to, to look at. She needs to find her inner, inner David Law. Oh. Um, <laughs> I've got something that a tennis player wants. Oh, my word. <laughs> where, where, David? Because we're now entering holiday season for tennis players that aren't playing Billie Jean King Davis Cup finals or ATP finals in Turin. Uh, but soon enough, we'll be entering full throttle holiday season. And Iga Schwantek is already there. Where do you think Iga Schwantek goes on holiday? It's a great question. Because she, she ain't a Maldives gal, is she? No, I don't think so. Um, and yet, I remember very vividly the press conference she gave in Melbourne where she said she tried to sort of be on holiday or be doing her off season in amongst the people you know not just hiding away in some exclusive club where nobody could reach her she tried to be a public a public person or at least you know a, a, a normal civilian I suppose and she and it was too much people just couldn't wouldn't leave her alone and were constantly coming up to her and showing her something on the internet or i think probably people start showing her the eager's eager's bakery stuff and all this sort of thing and 
she just couldn't deal with that and she got more stressed and and very much said she wanted to do something different i would imagine that Igor Fiontek would be kind of an extreme sports type of person who might go up and decide to conquer a mountain or something you know and um but tennis players can't do that can they because of insurance yeah i know what you mean but i mean you can't they're not even allowed to ski no i, I know maybe not rock climbing although donna vekic right now is in the himalayas yes well, have you seen I, that on I have heard about that, yeah. Uh, but I, I just feel like she's somebody who would probably like a challenge, uh, whether whatever it is, and but something away from the tennis court, away from training for the sport. Give her a couple of weeks just to sample something completely different. And I also think she has a very curious, uh, interested mind in lots and lots of different things. So I could imagine her being an experienced kind of person. Like a a surfing a surfing retreat. Yes, but then you would no. also run into the, the insurance issues probably if you did that. Do you think so, because of sharks? <laughs> I would certainly have that in mind. Um, but you know, you can take some pretty nasty falls in surfing, can't you? I I, mm, I just jellyfish sharks. So you've got to stick something something at the end of the. You've got to stick a carrot there for her to, to chase. I think she's that kind of person. Yeah. I don't think she just wants to lie on a beach. I don't think she can switch it off. No, I think she's... Uh, or, or, or it might be something completely of left field, of learning about a completely different part of culture, life. She could be a kind of a Northern Lights gal. Yes, um, I, I hope she has better success. Call, call me for tips, eager. Better success than you, um, because otherwise... Tips about what not to do. <laughs> In the words of my tour guide, yes, people, quote, are generally disappointed. And yes, um, you, you, no, you've seen it. That that was it. Yeah, yes, you have no, seen I, it. I haven't. Uh, yes. <laughs> you, you have. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Guys... I have seen the Northern Lights. I don't get my money back. Um, I made a mistake, didn't I, by sending <laughs> you uh, a picture of the Northern Lights that my daughter's friend had seen, and it looked the real deal. Um, but yeah, didn't, it didn't help. But again, in the words of my RC tour guide, it always comes out better in pictures. <laughs> um. No, I'm not saying there aren't magical, life-affirming Northern Lights experiences to be had out there. I just think that um, quite a lot of people have a slightly underwhelming Northern Lights experience. And it's, you know, it's the lucky 20% that have the absolutely magical experience. And that was another me. Um Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. <laughs> the, uh, the doubles in Cancun was won by Laura Siegmund and Vera Zvonareva over Ellen Perez and Nicole Melkar Martinez 6464 I wonder I wonder if they found that private jet David mm. um I mean it's uh, look we covered it yesterday didn't we in in relation to to Billie Jean King cup there was another <laughs> the the Czechs the Czech team in Seville continued to lean in massively to the to the farce of it all that she did an Instagram post yesterday a team photo um with with more uh Sinyakova, Krochikova cardboard cutout action and I really do I admire <laughs> I admire how they're leaning into it all but it is so stupid this is I mean you, you can throw in Paris scheduling as well to the mix here the past week has been tennis at its most stupid hasn't it yeah well paris has had all but one night session i think Stu fraser of the times reported had finished after midnight bar one that finished at eleven fifty-seven. um but that pales into comparison to what we've witnessed from the wta finals from the original decision to to go to cancun whilst completely backed up against the Billie Jean King Cup finals and there being such a distance between the two um the the fact that Cancun just isn't an appropriate climate at this type of year, time of year I mean look it's it's it doesn't really r- register on the Richter scale of, of importance when you consider what else happened in the country over the last week uh, on the other side of it in Acapulco and the devastation seen there, of course. But there you are. It's it's a season where the weather is unreliable and and it was just a disaster in terms of scheduling were the words that Ellen Perez used. And here we were... There wasn't enough time to get over to to the Billie Jean King Cup finals as it was. And then they get a day of rain that puts everything back to a Monday. 
you know, massive credit to the crowd that came out and, and who also gave wonderful support to Jessica Begula at the end, chanting her name, even though she just lost 6-1, 6-love and given them less than an hour of entertainment, you know. They rec- that was a real moment, yeah, wasn't they it? They recognised so she tried her best. She, she's not, you know, you have a bad day. She's a good person. She's a great athlete. And she, she had a bad day. And they were still just human and kind to her and supportive. But I'm sorry, that event was an embarrassment. And the scheduling of it was an embarrassment. And this is a tournament that is the final crescendo of a tour that was created by Billie Jean King and the team tournament that bears that woman's name that starts 24 hours later is completely decimated at the uh, at the start in terms of losing its biggest names Iga Świątek, the champion of the WCA finals, can't represent Poland because she can't get there and she can't physically see herself being able to travel that distance and those time zones and be in any fit state to compete for her own country in what Billie Jean is always telling everybody who'll listen is the World Cup of Tennis. Now, look, I think the Billie Jean King Cup and the Davis Cup have got a long way to go to prove themselves as the World Cup of anything, really, because they have caused so many of their own problems, particularly the Davis Cup over the last few years because of the Cosmos thing. But it has that as its uh, goal, its target. It has that in terms of history. They are the pre premier team events in tennis, and... They now have Billie Jean King throwing her heart and soul and all of her team into that event to try to make it the best that it can possibly be and the energy that they give. And you've got the WTA, the Women's Tennis Association, that she created and is is the standout women's sport on the planet completely screwing up her team event and the world women's team event how can that be happening how can that have happened it is a joke and just rewind as to why we have this statement move made by the wta which i was wholly in support of at the time because of the stance they took over the disappearance of peng shui the silencing of peng shui a wta player and the the words of Steve Simon, the WTA CEO, saying, listen, too often in this world we make decisions because of financial reasons and not the not the right reasons. And this time we are not going to do that. And I thought, my God, what what a moment this is. How brave is that? How strong does that make women's tennis seem? And And that stance stood for... 19 months, I think it was, something like that. Um, and then a complete U-turn based on the fact that they realised that nothing was going to change. They weren't going to be able to to get what they wanted. And it, so it ended up being really an empty gesture, an empty uh, stance. And so you ended up really with the worst of all scenarios because they pulled out of China 
we're not doing business with China. Okay, we're going to go back into China because we're not going to get what we want. Sort of tail between legs. All the events are back on. Beijing, okay, Wuhan wasn't, but Beijing back on, several others. But not Shenzhen. Not the one that had the 10 million or whatever it was, the 10-year deal with the the biggest prize purse that a, a women's champion had ever taken away when Barty won it in 2019, that one's not back. So you're going back into China, but you're not getting the one that pays all this money and that you were building this, this legacy with, this 10-year stay with. Okay, right. So that's a screw-up as well. And so you you take it out and all the talk about ending up in Saudi Arabia, we can we'll do we'll end up doing a whole other podcast on that <laughs> in the future. Um that doesn't end up happening. I I mean I'm I understand that there were there were concerns over the over the issues of going to Prague because of the the stance that was being taken there to the participation of Belarusian and Russian athletes. I don't know. I, I want to find out really whether that was something that was going to hold as a stance or whether that whether Prague were going to allow that to, to happen or not. I mean, I, my understanding was that they were they were relaxing that. What did you hear anything different? Yeah, I had heard the same. And look, that that's not official. You know, obviously, at the time of the US Open, when when all these we knew all these meetings were happening and decisions were, were about to be made, we were, we were hearing things from, you know, from reliable sources, but um, still nothing more than than hearsay. Um, my understanding was that that was going to be they were going to find a workaround for that. And my my feeling is that ultimately, while that might have been a factor, the bigger reason that Prague was not chosen, despite the fact that they were offering the same uh, prize money purse as Saudi Arabia. Um, in fact, they were matching Saudi Arabia's financials across the board, is that Prague, or rather the Czech Republic, I believe it would have started in Ostrava, Ostrava and then moved to Prague, um, they wanted a four-year deal. Um, and actually, all the WTA were looking for this year was a one-year holding deal to buy some time um, so that ultimately going to Saudi Arabia could look like a, a less hasty and more considered option. Now, none of that is confirmed. We'll see in the fullness of time, but I have deep, deep fear that ultimately what's going to end up happening here and what the, the 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 last week has done is only strengthened the case that will be made for going eventually to Saudi Arabia, which I think is a tremendous, depressing, demoralizing mistake. Um, and I really do, I, I, I tried so hard to to think about the engagement angle of it all. Um, and I, I'm not dismissing that as a factor. Engaging in engagement, of course, is important and is valid. But <laughs> Saudi Arabia don't want the world's best tennis players to come there 
to engage. This this is sports washing. Players, the tours are allowing themselves to be used as instruments of sports washing. Tennis is allowing is going to be allowing itself to be used as instruments of PR for the Saudi Arabian state, which is pretty morally bankrupt. And I know I know there will be whataboutery here. <laughs> it all it always comes back to whataboutery. There's a lot of morally bankrupt states out there. But again, this is if your if your line doesn't come before Saudi Arabia, then you haven't got a line. Anything goes. Um, we we have to draw a line somewhere as much as it's not a, a black and white situation. Um, and it is thoroughly, thoroughly demoralising. We had the, the news last night, didn't we, broken by, against Stu Fraser of The Times, uh, that the ATP is in discussions uh, to award Saudi Arabia a Masters 1000 event at the start of the season, which would, I think essentially be a death knell for the the, the United Cup, um, which the tours have, have spent a few years building now. I mean, Saudi Arabia just feels inevitable, doesn't it? And it's, I, I don't know, it's just this impending sense of doom for me, David. Sorry to be a downer, but it's just this pit in my stomach all the time. And I was so aware with Cancun every time I was criticizing it that I'm kind you know, I'm kind of playing into the into the hands of those that are pushing for Saudi. Um but if yeah, but it's it's I, I it's it's pretty big. I, I, w- I will make some investigations about it, but I would love if this had ended up in the Czech Republic because of how passionate that country is about tennis and it just just feels like the right place for it I, I would have loved it to be there and you know I I don't really have a bright side to your impending doom I'm afraid on this one uh, it, it is it is depressing and but on from the WTA standpoint I think we've reached the end of the road for Steve Simon I really do, and I I felt it after the the climb down from the punctuate stance. I I felt at that point, you you can't get all of that positive PR from everybody, and then just walk it back as though it didn't happen and carry on as you did before. I'm you that that was enough for me at the time he listen i think he's a good guy i don't i don't think steve Simon's a bad guy at all i think he seems like a i don't know him well but he uh, he seems like a good human being to me generally um but to follow it with this to follow it with this absolute chaos in cancun and this potentially one tournament holding process until going to Saudi Arabia and the lateness of everything and the way it's decimated the Billie Jean King Cup I'm just, I don't have any trust in him at all as a leader of the sport as a leader of women's tennis and I think it's time time that somebody else came in 
with a new vision and a new sense of purpose and a sense of strength and energy uh, and direction and just and and for it to be a woman quite honestly why why is there not a women, woman at the head of women's tennis uh i think that needs to happen and uh, martina navratilova said it uh i believe on prime last week that that this is the time also by the way sounds like steve simon turned down or the wta turned down interviews for for, for prime a rights holder to update them on the state of play and and to, to to talk about the event that's just not good enough you don't you don't hide you don't hide you stand up and you face down questions if you've cocked up <laughs> just that's part of the job so yeah new direction it's, please it's a reflection it's a reflection of the modern world though and and modern politics and they they are politicians as 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 much as anything the the people in these leadership positions in in tennis that i mean accountability what does accountability mean anymore every like scandals that used to scandals that used to mean automatic resignation people just keep your head down and ride it out is is what you can do now you know david david haggerty the the the, the cosmos debacle that would have done for him a few years ago. That would have been automatic resignation situation. He's just been re-elected unopposed. And, and listen, um, I, th I think so. The, the... Well, I agree with you, and and I, I I don't like calling for someone's head, especially somebody as as you say that I do think is good people and has the right intentions. Um, I do I do think it's it's time, but I I don't, I don't know if it'll happen because I do think the the world seems to be in a really bad place with accountability of of leaders um, i think uh, so at, le I, at least I, with, I don't know. at least haggerty can point to the federations around the world who want him to stay and and who are making money out of out of <clears throat> the itf you know the the, the davis cup the, the, these nations make money i don't i don't i'm struggling with with the WTA to see what the bright side is. Yes, there was the Hologic deal that that looks like a good deal, but there was also the the venture capitalism uh, coming in with a stake of the tour being owned, all in a desperation move really in order to 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 get the money back and keep the lights you know, on. To keep the lights on, and, and I don't know. I just I don't think there have been anywhere near enough good bits to to justify carrying on um and look mm. again he gave he's had a he's given his best uh i'm sure he's worked tirelessly and i just feel like it's time for somebody else to, to i just hope they choose somebody or somebody comes in with with real vigor and, and a strength and a vision and any candidates you'd like to see i mean it's i i honestly i don't really i at the moment and i know that makes might make people think oh well it's all well and good you're calling for somebody's head you haven't got anybody in mind i'll have a think about it um i've been on holiday <laughs> so um that's but the thing is we you know we don't know every good tennis administrator no, not at all out, you know out there. there there will be candidates that, that we're absolutely not aware of who i'm sure would be fantastic like 
you know, it's there's we know a lot of people in tennis, but there are also domains within the tennis world that are pretty um, unknown to us. I mean, I I, um, I, I suppose I'd but, love to. I'd, I wouldn't mind it being somebody who's been a player who has a real strength and vision about what they want to see in the sport. Yes, they would need maybe people around them that could make these things work. That's often the 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 the, the thing with that. Um, but you know. The last, I don't see how it could be much worse than what than what we've had the last few years. Mm. Another another podcast ending on a bum note. <laughs> um, any, anything else, David? Anything chipper? Ooh. Well, listen. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I still. The, ultimately, it all comes down to a sheer love of the sport and we we want the sport to succeed because we love it we love being around it we love watching it we love hearing about it and i'm actually very excited about all the lineups at the billy jean king cup i'm looking forward to the davis cup finals although the fact that it's in spain and and there isn't a spain in it is is a real bummer um but it it really doesn't take much for me to think oh, this is coming up now, you know, when in the tennis world, because I love the sport uh, and there's loads to look forward to. The Australian Open's around the corner. You know, it's it's there's loads of good things in the sport of tennis right now. Um, I just wish the administration of it could match some of what we're seeing on the court. And, and, and you know, one thing we haven't mentioned in this conversation and which I think is, is partly because their launch of it and their administration of it to this point has just felt not not quite right as is the professional tennis players association which is you mm. know is uh, most sports have a players union a, a proper players union and and you know there, there's a lot of talk of collective bargaining and all this sort of stuff uh, in other sports and and i don't know which ones all work and which ones don't but they've all got one and I feel like they they put themselves on the back foot because of the way they launched themselves and because of the the manner and the tone that they've used a lot of the way. But you know, maybe maybe it is time to to have for that to have a greater influence in the sport and and for this st sort of stuff not to be going as unchecked as it feels like it has been. And yeah, that that's something to keep an eye on. I think. Yeah, absolutely. They are. Uh, I, I agree. the The principle of a tennis players' union, great, relevant, needed, absolutely. You know, the, the more time goes on and farcical events transpire, the more needed it feels. It's just the specifics of how the PTPA seem to operate that that make them feel a slightly uncomfortable weird organization really um but yeah i mean they were they were posting quite a lot at the outset of uh cancun weren't they about the stadium not being ready and that kind of stuff but it does seem a bit haphazard what they what they publicly pronounce on and what they don't um but yeah interesting as always, David, the year ahead in the tennis world looks pretty fascinating. Uh, Shrontek for the Australian Open. 
Well, uh, she... I mean, she's on tape for, ev- for everything right now. Apart from grass. Maybe Wimbledon yeah, I, aside. I, I, think, I yeah. think there's there's a lot of convincing to do there. But on any other court surface, I'm, I'm just really interested to see if she if she can bring this version of herself mentally and her game into Australia and then how it how it matches up against the big flat hitters at these Grand Slams. You know, Ostapenko destroyed her. Uh, Elena Rabakino has beaten her handily at Grand Slams. So just want to I want to see her have those matches again. I don't want to see her winning Grand Slams, avoiding those people. I want those matches. I'd love it if she sort of faced mm. Ostapenko in the quarters, Rebecca in the semis, Sabalenka <sighs> in the final. You know, let's see if she can adapt. I think she can. I think she's good enough to handle anything at her best. Um, and so far, she's struggled with those types of players, and they know it too. Uh, so I'd, that's the kind of prospect I'm looking forward to. I'd love her to win an Australian so that she is a Wimbledon away from the career slam, mm. which which sounds like, you know, just a, a box to tick, an inevitable box to tick. But as you say, she's she feels pretty far away on grass. And because she's pretty much always going to win the French Open, it's she's never going to have much time to to figure it out and to dedicate herself to it. But the complexion will change, I think, if she's a Wimbledon away from a career slam. And I think it'll turn into a, a Djokovician quest like he had for the French Open. And I think that would be cool and fun, a fun storyline. Um... Can you tell I'm excited about Australia? Can you tell I'm already counting down by how often I mention Just a it? Bit. How often I try and get <laughs> Australian Open predictions? Well, I'm always game, Catherine. So <laughs> and we haven't got Matt to keep us on the straight and narrow, Catherine. We can do whatever we like. <laughs> no, this is what podcasts used to be like. David. All over the shop. Just you and me having a chat all over the shop. Matt will be back later, folks. With actual facts. On the second with facts and anecdotes and tales from press conference rooms. Matt will have everything. We'll just sit here listening to Matt just like you will be. Uh, That'll be our second podcast of this two-podcast day. Uh, And, yeah, we'll have daily podcasts throughout the week from the Billie Jean King Cup Finals in Seville with Matt Roberts on the ground. And then I'll be on the ground in Turin at the ATP Finals from Friday. So. It's a big week in podcast land. We hope you're with us. We hope you're enjoying. We, of course, have our mascots, David and Maisie, me and Zenia, Matt and Darwin. Billie Jean has waited patiently for her walk, uh, basking in the sunshine over there. She's sponsored by Billie Jean King and Alana Kloss. We have our top folks and executive producers, David on three. One, two, three. Jamie. Jamie. Hannah. Hannah. And... Drew. And Drew. Yay. Uh, we don't have shout outs today, folks, because I think our our working policy is that we only do shout outs when, when all three of us are here, unless Pam Shriver is standing in for someone. Yeah. yeah Good plan. That's, our, that's loosely our policy. So no shout outs today. Well, actually, no. No shout outs right now. But yes to shout outs later on today. So do join us. 
for our second podcast of two on this beautiful Tuesday. We will speak to you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.